reason why we are here to get together is because of Jesus. And uh, that's awesome. Happy Father's Day to all the dads, all the fathers. Uh, make sure you get yourself your Father's Day gift on your way out. Special One Heart merchandise coming your way. You'll love it. So if you're a dad here, make sure you grab one. They're on the table just uh, behind the sound desk there. And they are for you. So I just want to say um, it's really great to... Uh, all those who got behind one priority this year, we have seen $33,000 come through so far. So for the month of August, that's what we have seen coming to the house of God. Now, I want to really encourage you because I know many people have sacrificed for that. And that is uh, a good and pleasing sacrifice to the Lord that is building his house. It's investing so other generations can come into the house of God and have a, uh, a facilities and a place to call their own and to worship God in. So... Uh, this morning also we have, um, so anyway, 33,000. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. It's fantastic. So I want to honour all those who gave. Also we have Alliston on this morning. So Pastor Michael, Kimberly, um, uh, Tracy Miller, who else has gone? And, and Narelle has, has gone up there to minister in Alliston. They should be starting in five minutes. So um, uh, that was, uh, it's always awesome to be able to extend what we do to Alliston and um, be aware that we do want to purchase the building up there as well. So uh, sow into this, this seed here in this church because we want to we affect the lives of people all across the Air Peninsula. And to do that, we need to, we need to have places where people can come. Uh, so I know there's friends of mine in Adelaide have churches that don't own their own buildings and they've been, uh, since COVID business, they've been going from place to place, getting kicked out, getting kicked out because um, they don't have their own place to meet. So uh, you wouldn't think that would ever happen in Australia, but it happens these days. So um, it is awesome that we are we have space here and that we also want to extend ourselves to Alliston and then who knows where else beyond that. But I know that we have a, a, a mandate and a mission from God to take the the gospel to wherever we can and uh, that does include um, you know, property and things like that so it's a great thing to be part of. There's some people here from Kadena want to say great to have you with us, God bless you, um, welcome uh, and also uh, Ruth's mum and dad are here so hi, I don't know if I got you last time but I got, got you today. Um, also I just need to say uh, happy birthday to Ebony, it's her birthday today and she is pretty years old. So all I can say is I wish I was that age. <laughs> I wish. But um, don't believe what anyone says. They say, oh, I don't feel a day over this. No, rubbish. You do. <laughs> you do feel your age. Absolutely. So um, where was I going? Father's Day. So this message this morning, um, I didn't plan to, to speak on Father's Day or, or Father's stuff. Like as I was considering this message, it kind of just evolved and developed in my heart and it was polished off at about two o'clock this morning where God just dropped a few more little things in there that uh, just made it all make sense. So it, it's, it's pretty fresh, it's, it's probably still hot, come out of the oven, just still a little bit warm. So if you like hot cookies, this is it for you this morning. So um, I love my Bible, it, it's truth and it's life for my soul. And I, if, if there's one thing that I really want people to, to get out of when I preach and out of the ministry is to love the Word of God and to, to love time with, with Jesus. So uh, one thing, if you're taking notes, like people got coffees in their hands, how about some notebooks and pen, you know, or, or some phones or something, uh, write on your coffee cup, 
on the bottom. So this is what I want you to write down. Father's Day is not in the Bible. So this is the most important thing you need to realize so we, so we don't um, preach weird stuff here. Father's Day is not in the Bible, but our Heavenly Father is. He's all the way through it. So uh, we're going to go this morning uh, to see that there is a God and that He is our Father. So we live in a sin-messed-up world. Would you agree with me on that? We live in a world that is messed up by sin. And what should be clear about God is clouded and it's distorted by the enemy. So we don't get a good picture of God because we live on earth and it's, it is hard for us to understand the fullness and the completeness of God and how he wants to interact and be in our lives. So we're going to see that there is a God that is our Father. And um, a, I guess if there's a, um, uh, a title for this message, it's, it's um, a true picture of God. I don't think it has a title, but that'll do. So, a, a true picture of God. Psalm 149, verse 4, it says this, For the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the, the humble with victory. And I know there's someone here today that you need to hear this and get a perspective of God um, framed around this message. For the Lord delights in his people. He delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Now, if you want to um, step into victories in your life, then I'll give you a little bit of an idea here. Learn to serve someone else. If you want to live in victories, you want to have the crown of victory spiritually in your life, then a big factor of that is learn to start serving. Start serving others. Uh, be in the house of God and find a place where you can serve, where your place fits. But someone here today, I really believe that you need to know the Lord delights in you. Um, be humble and you'll be crowned with glory. So take that home. That was a freebie. That must have been maybe nine o'clock last night. But Jesus referred to God over and over again as Heavenly Father. He called him his Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, and he also referred to him as our Heavenly Father. So first we need to see the big picture, um, to see the, the entire purpose of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection uh, had, a, had a reason and a purpose. So Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, it says, You can enter the kingdom of God only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So this narrow gate is direct reference to Jesus. He's the only gate to God. So John 14, 6, if we refer these together, join them up. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So the whole purpose of Jesus is to get us to the Father, is to connect people to God, the Father. So Jesus wants us to know God, uh, God's thoughts and his intentions towards people are so good. They're not just good, they're so good. And I think as, as a believer in Jesus, as many of you are here today, I want you to start to step into a new understanding, a new relationship with God as your heavenly father because he wants you to step into and experience the so goodness of him. So perhaps this Father's Day we can discover that we have a heavenly father in a whole new understanding. So... To help us to understand the concept of a heavenly father, we've got to follow three rules. 
I'll give you three little rules that will help you to understand a new relationship with God as your father. So the first thing, number one, first rule, is put your, uh, sorry, put aside our experience of fathers. So this can be, because we have experiences, we all have experiences of of our fathers. Um, It can be good or it could be bad. It could be a bit of both. Um, Some people have never known a father. Um, never known a dad in the house that for whatever reason grew up, grew up with that that uh, relationship disconnected for whatever reason. But I got this real early this morning. Fatherhood needs to be measured beside God, not God beside fatherhood. So hopefully you can understand that. I'll say it again. I'm going to say that statement quite a few times because it, it is the, the pivotal point of what we're saying this morning. Fatherhood needs to be measured beside God, not God beside fatherhood. When I, when I first got this, I could see a picture of a huge, big, like God. It was like a statue of God, even though that's not quite, you're not allowed to do that. But it was this great big gold being God, huge and powerful and strong, and, and that was the, the picture of, of God, the Father, and, and beside it was this like little heap of like, like crummy kind of dust that was just like a little mound, and that is like our expression of fatherhood is like that, that mound of, of really worthlessness, and we're, we're often measuring God according to what we can see in Father around us in the physical and it's nothing at all can compare with the power and the presence and the the awesomeness of the true living God so um, fatherhood needs to be measured beside God not God beside fatherhood so hopefully you understand that it'll help you to get the whole context this morning if you get that part but God is entirely and overwhelmingly good rule number two so you've got to get that rule first God is good Rule number two, put aside gender stereotypes because God is spirit. So I know we call, yeah, we have these gender stereotypes because we are constrained by that in our physical world. So John chapter 4.24 says that God is spirit. Now, earthly interpretations can't describe the full expression of a spiritual father. We, we kind of get a picture, but it doesn't describe it in total. So fatherhood is a physical description of a spiritual design. So I'm going to explain that a little bit here. Malachi 2 verse 15, it says, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? You are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth. So God created male and female they are earthly blessings to reproduce life. And that's a, a, a distinction of a father reproduces life. So you're getting the idea here? Rule number three, God is father to a family. God is father to a family. We belong no matter what. And we need to realize and understand when God is our father, we belong in a family. So those born again enter a family with God, it's called church. So Matthew 12 verse 50, Jesus' words, it says, Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That sounds like a family with God as the Father. 
So we belong in church. We belong in the house of God. We belong in this thing called family. It's called church. So, so I, want to, I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with who God is, you've got to realize that he put you in a family, that you belong here, that, that there is a place for you at the table. I can go on. I've got to stick to my notes because I can go on lovely stories all the time. I had a little story that I should say, but no, I won't. But there are three things that God sets in order when he becomes our father. So when God is truly our father in our hearts, there's three things that that set up in order that help us to uh, live our life in the right perspective. The first thing, number one, a father sets the culture in the home. So when God is our father, there'll be a culture that's godly. And we have to allow God to set the values that we choose to live by. So we don't just choose whatever values we want, whatever is good for me, whatever uh, helps me, but we have to live by a standard that is from God, that, that we adopt a culture that comes from him. My, my family background was Italian, so we had an Italian accent in our home. We had an Italian style in our home. We had lots of things that identified us when people would come to our house that they would know that we're different to everyone else in the street. It's really a yucky feeling. But what we ate was different. How we ate was different. We would sit at a table, uh, all around the table, with Dad at the head of the table and and everyone else all around it, and that's how we did it. But if I went to other people's homes, they they didn't sit like that. They sat in front of the TV and had, had their dinner on their lap. But there was a culture that the father in my household set. And we need to realize that God wants to set a culture in your life that has an accent, that has a, that has a visual presence that, that you are living for God. So uh, I'm going to direct this to, to fathers in the house this morning. You've got to make your household godly. It starts with you and your wife. You've got to work on that together to create a godly household. It's a good thing to have godly households because you'll bring glory to God in your house. Uh, 1 Peter 3 verse 7, it says, In the same way you husbands must give honour to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. What is she? She is your equal partner. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So, so fathers, I want to give you a, a, little, a little tip here, a life hack, a spiritual life hack. Treat your wife well and God will hear your prayers. So whatever it is that you've been praying about, whatever it is that you think you, you really need or you really want, you say, I'm going to treat my wife really awesome. I'm getting some good nods here. And God is going to hear my prayers. But, yeah, of course. She, she's the most well-looked after woman in the room. Set the culture. (laughs) I'm so blessed. Set the culture in your home on Jesus. Pray with your wife. Speak life over your house. You you, you need to adopt this as a a father over your house. But also, we need to uh, allow God to uh, personally, every single one of us, men or women, we need to allow God to set the culture of his fatherhood over our life and have that accent of heaven in what we do. So fatherhood needs to be measured beside God, not God beside fatherhood. The second thing we need, a father provides and protects. 
A father provides and protects. See, when, when children need something, food, clothes, somewhere to live, um, an education, or they need protection, it is the responsibility of parents. Now, we don't always see that. We don't live in a perfect world, but, but we would all see that that is the, 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 the normal way that things should work, that, that, that all those things should be provided by parents and by a father. So we need to learn to trust God as our heavenly father to provide what we need, what you need, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to go to God to ask because he is your heavenly father. So, you know, we, we need to realize that when God says, I'm your heavenly father, he's saying, I'm your protector. I am your provider. I, I am, I am going to do those things because that's why I'm calling myself your father. So I'll do all those things because it's the natural thing to do. So it says here in Matthew 7, Verses 7 to 11. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you gifts, uh, give good gifts to those who ask him? So apply that principle. Apply the principle of a good parent to your heavenly Father and ask. Ask for what you need. Talk to God. Good things come from good fathers and God is that good. He is that good. He is so good. So fatherhood needs to be measured beside God and not God beside fatherhood. I really want you to grasp that concept of fatherhood. The third thing, a father disciplines. This one I never liked, but our context of fathers may be distorted from unhealthy abuse. Uh, what I want us to get here is a healthy expectation of God to teach us, to discipline us. Um, God's discipline is never in anger. I know I, I said in the first service, I, I had an experience of, of um, discipline in my home where you never saw it coming. It was like you, you're doing something, ha, 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 isn't that funny? Out of nowhere. You, you, and there's no explanation. There's no sit down. Let's talk about this. Do you know why you just got smacked on the head? No, you didn't even get asked. It just happened. Bang. Uh, run away and hide. Um, I remember at a friend's house, his name was Malcolm. I went to Malcolm's house at Box Hill and he was saying something to someone else down the street, like, you know, saying things he shouldn't say. And his dad said, Malcolm, you come here. And so Malcolm went home. His dad took him in, in, in the house. I stayed in the, in the backyard near the window just listening. And I could hear his dad go, rawr, 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 rawr. and Malcolm's like, ah, ah. he's really upset. He's crying. He's just hear this talking. Rawr, 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 rawr. And then I heard this really, really, like precise and, and, and he's like ah, and I'm thinking whoa that is such a such a well organized discipline I, I never saw that never had that I was like I wish my dad was, was Malcolm's dad and, and it was like, you know, there was an explanation. There was like, you know why I'm smacking you? You know that you did this wrong and, and you, you have to apologize. We, we, I didn't have a discipline like that. It was like there's no explanation. It was just, just the, the belt. But fathers and discipline are commonly connected. And how many of us have heard 
uh, from mothers, wait till your father gets home. And even though that's politically so uncool these days, it still happens. Is it the, 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 the most, the, the most um, politically correct mother will still say this. It's like it's, in, it's, it's, it's hardwired in their system. But discipline is a parent's role. Not abuse, but correction that strengthens. So Deuteronomy 8 verse 5, it says, think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Who agrees with that? It's painful. But afterward, there'll be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So when God brings discipline, he, he wants to train you. He wants to direct you. He wants to protect you. He wants to build you through that process. So God's father, fatherly discipline brings correction with no abuse. It's not abusive. God doesn't abuse people. He doesn't want to abuse you. He wants to correct you and bring you and, and strengthen your life in ways that can only happen when we've had that, that uh, process of pain. It's not, it's not a cool thing here, but it's, uh, I believe God does it in a way that we can look back and say, wow, I'm glad I went through that. So fatherhood needs to be measured beside God, not God beside fatherhood. I'm just going to ask the musicians to come and join me again, please. But the very best description that God gave of himself is Father. And today would be, a good, would be a good day to start and experience what that really means. Now, I know there's all kinds of things in everyone's life of why they may not be able to perceive God as a Father, as a good Father. But what I'd love to see is that we can take all those bad things that we've experienced about earthly fathers. They're, they're the, they don't compare to the expression of a heavenly father in the fullness of his love and his desire to be in relationship with us. It says in Psalm 68 verses 5 and 6, He's the father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. And we're going to sing a song just now. And as we do, I think it would be really great if we could reach out to God and somehow experience who He is as Heavenly Father right here, right now, today. And I believe... Like we physically we're not allowed to lay hands on people at the moment but I believe the Holy Spirit isn't restricted by that and wherever you are, whatever your experience is today I want you to shake off the experiences of a negative nature of, of abuses or even of abandonment or whatever it is that you may have experienced between you and a father even if it was just a father figure in your life then you can say God I want to I want to connect with you as my heavenly father I want, to be the, I want to be the recipient of your blessing as a child. And you can receive that. Why don't we just stand to our feet this morning together?